What's up, everyone? We're back. I'm Chad Grills. This is the Mission Daily. Ian Faison is sitting across from me, and we're excited. You know, Chad, it takes a CEO to explain <laughs> the CEO practice. Yes. And so part one of this two-part episode is called the CEO practice and emotional mastery. So when we say the CEO practice, we're not talking about the chief executive officer acronym that gets thrown around a lot. We're talking about <laughs> thrown <a> around <laughs> used used. Well, I mean, I'm trying to get like really paint a picture in our listeners head of no, what's going good. on right it's now. True. Um, no, we're talking about being a chief emotional officer. So I first saw this, uh, you know, a new spin on this acronym from Chip Conley, who's an author of emotional equations and the founder of a really successful, I think a number of uh, different luxury hotel chains, basically. Um, but yeah, very successful guy. And he, like many other smart, wise people, zeroed in on the fact that controlling, mastering, directing, transmuting his emotions were the keys to not only building his business, but building a, a fun and rewarding quality of life where you're able to practice and develop the habit of bringing your best self and your best emotions to those you care about instead of burdening them with every anxious, negative, less than optimal emotion. So this is something that most people, I'd say pretty much everyone, needs to get better at, right? I mean, like we all need to, like things in our lives are, basically anything that we can't control can be frustrating, can be super frustrating. People can lose their emotions. People can lash out. Yeah. Um, Most of the times when we lash out, we're hurting the people who are the closest to us, which are our loved ones. So yes. Um, So there's a great, one of the guys we said all the time here is uh, Rene Girard, who famously said that um, everywhere and always where human beings cannot or dare not take their anger out on the thing that caused it, they unconsciously or consciously look for substitutes and more often or not, they find them. So that's a great researcher who pinpointed exactly what Yin is talking about, that horrible unintended thing that happens where we take our you know, negative emotions out on those we care about. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Aristotle said that um, for though we love both the truth and our friends, piety requires us to honor the truth first. That guy, that Aristotle guy. He knew what he was talking about. And I mean, these are just like important reminders that it's something that the some of the greatest people in, in history have struggled with because it's not an easy thing. It's something that is a battle that just has to be continually fought again and again and again. Man, that is such a loaded quote and is freaking crazy. Yeah. I mean. It is. I mean, it just it brings us face to face with the taboos we talked about earlier with behind uh, sleep and recovery and everything like that. So. And the truth is to wrap this uh, or to uh, <laughs> not wrap it, but to uh, to bring that full circle. The truth is that. Most people are bad with their emotions. And so mastering those emotions, what we're talking about this episode and then next episode, um, we're talking about how to master your emotions. And if you're not thinking about how to do that, you just won't be as successful in business and life and whatever because it's so important. And so who is the, um, I forget, who is the person who said that your emotional mastery is like, the most important predictor of future success. Oh, uh, Daniel Goldman. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Goldman. Yeah, so we uh, cited him earlier. Uh, His research showed that emotional intelligence is a far better predictor of life success than the SAT or GPA or, um, what did I say, SAT? Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so more of his research uh, shows that 
emotional intelligence is vital to leadership. So it sounds pretty obvious, but uh, up to 66% of a leader's effectiveness stems from their emotional intelligence. So obviously it's it's hard to measure, but the bottom line is you're going to be much more likely to want to be around someone who is um, upbeat, excited, generally like enjoys laughing or can laugh at themselves and others. Um, that's way more fun than someone who is in just a constant state of uncertainty or anxiety. And yeah. Yeah. And, and next, next episode, we're going to talk about like how to build emotional intelligence. But I, but I have a question for you about like people who have used this in practice. Yeah. Because, um, so obviously Chip Conley, that's the first example. That's, you know, like a pioneer of this. Daniel Goleman is another, um, who cites this and another uh, great example that is, um, one of our clients actually is, uh, so full disclosure here, Salesforce is a client. Um, we work with them to create branded podcasts that uh, like the story. Um, and we have another upcoming one in the works. And this company was built around many different people and blood, sweat, and tears and all that you know good stuff. Uh, but the founder and CEO is a guy named Mark Benioff. And he wrote a book about some of the tactics and stories behind building Salesforce into a just massively successful publicly traded company that Who does- just- a lot of good in the world. Yeah. And they're fascinating for a lot of good reasons, but also topical because they just had the largest quarter of their company's history and have built the tallest skyscraper west of the Mississippi. So, um, <laughs> and like, you know, I don't want to be results focused on the end result of how good they're doing now, but no, but citing that success is it, you have, you have to, because, uh, I think early on Mark was definitely criticized for, his advocacy for folks like Tony Robbins and citing how much yeah. Tony Robbins influenced him to become basically take the edges off and become a bit more um, nice in his approach because, you know, Mark had come from a different company where the culture was uh, a bit more focused on sales and it was okay to have sharp elbows, step on toes and be pretty aggressive to, you know, achieve the results and hit the your quarterly or numbers or whatever the case was. And when he built Salesforce, uh, and in his book, Behind the Cloud, he talks about, he actually lists 111, so this is a man after my own heart, lists 111 things. He doesn't want to do 11. He wants to do 111 yeah. uh, plays that were vital to building Salesforce. And one of the things when I was reading this book that struck me was each of these plays and each of the stories and the things that he implemented at Salesforce required a huge amount of uh, emotional awareness and availability Um and not just you know understanding and managing his own emotions, but also uh, understanding and suspecting and preempting the emotions of of other people. What so, do you What do you mean by plays? What so so different plays are. Um, he would have different stories that illuminate how he how they did uh, marketing essentially, oh, like or how vignettes. they did sales. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So he would have all these. Um, micro stories in there where he would talk about, um, here's how we did, how, how we did this, or here's where we faced a, a really big challenge and how we overcame it type thing. That's great. Yeah. And he tries to basically distill each into a, uh, first principles type approach where you can use that lesson from the story and apply it in your own business, in your own life. Uh, and he does it really successfully. It's a great, uh, yeah, it's a great book. So, so you know, it's a, another organization that does that really well as we talk about from time to time, since we both have backwards backgrounds in it is the U S army yeah. and, and how well they share vignettes and case studies and things, um, to show people like, especially like, uh, medal of honor citations. Yeah. That's, those are the perfect examples of someone doing 
doing well above and beyond their duty, controlling their emotions, and doing something that is extraordinary. And then those stories are shared for literally generations. Yeah. um, And you're read them all the time. And it's kind of a similar sort of thing. Obviously, you know, it's more so it's different. But But that's, I mean, such a good example because often when we think of the military, we think of just like callousness or aggressiveness and things like that. And while that's partly true, uh, what a lot of people might not see behind the scenes in the military is uh, leadership and some uh, people, quite frankly, at the top who are emo- very emotionally aware. They did not rise through the ranks by being um, just mean. That's not the case at all. They actually rose through the ranks by exploring their own emotions, controlling them very well, and then um, coaxing the best emotions out of others and kind of tr- helping train others to bring their best emotions to the table and kind of leaving the less than optimal emotions at home and figuring yeah. out how to uh, transmute, deal with, or process the less than optimal emotions um, in a way that's away from the group. Because you do not want a person that's um, not interested in mastering their emotions on, on the team. Just no, you never. It's the worst it's, thing. <laughs> it's a great point. And maybe we should have started the episode with this idea Yeah, that... When you say someone who cannot control their emotions, your immediate thought is that you would not want to be around that person. No, it sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) It sounds like the worst thing. And whether it's, and I would say it's a misconception to think of certain coaches or like Bobby Knight. This is a, oh man, this is a great example. This is a great example. So everyone thinks that Bobby Knight is this person who didn't, wasn't able to control his emotions. It's actually the polar opposite. Yeah. He's controlling his emotions and he's letting his entire team see those emotions. Yes, he has a quick temper or whatever, but in the job that he is controlling, well, back in the day, controlling, you know, high school kids that eventually that just went into college. So 18, 19 year old kids to play basketball. That's very physical to push the limits of their um, abilities. He's using a method. And He's using a full spectrum method too, because that's that's something else where be, becoming a true CEO is not about. This is one of my huge pet peeves that uh, where people think that any type of display of uh, anger or frustration is a horrible weakness. Like how how dare you? That's a sign that the person is unstable and unhinged. That's not what we're talking about here. And I think with Bobby Knight, that's a great example of he had massive success in his field, and yes, he would from time to time become angry. That's because he cared. (laughs) Yeah, totally. When you become angry about something, it's a huge sign that achievement is in your future if you learn how to harness and use that anger to spur achievement and use that fuel to grow. Because that is, you know, anger is not weakness. If you're always relying on anger and holding on to it and it becomes something that just eats you away inside uh, until you're, you know, side by side with Lord Palpatine, then it's it's not going to be good. But if you're- to hate. Hate (laughs) leads to suffer. Um, but exploring anger is something that, uh, Alice, um, Miller that we talked about, the famous Swiss psychologist earlier in one of our first episodes always cited as, um, real forgiveness and real emotional mastery starts with facing anger head on. It doesn't result from critiquing yourself or, or feeling shame because you're angry or anything like that. No, it's uh, give yourself a break if you're angry about things. You might just care. You might just uh, be sensitive and be able to feel. Um, oftentimes, I've noticed personally that those who aggressively critique uh, you know, being angry or caring about something uh, 
are those that don't care because yep. in the in the military, some of the things that we did that were um, helpful for keeping people alive or helping people um, avoid dying are really bad things. I wasn't able to make the case in a uh, very low energy, passive way. They, they required exactly right. people basically getting in shouting magic, like bas- very, very aggressive. Um, yeah, very aggressive type situations where you have to make a case and making a case sometimes involves intense emotions and channeling anger towards, you know, obviously try to channel anger towards logic, reason, prudence, all that good stuff. But yeah. But, but it's about control. It's about yes. controlling your emotions. And so, and with the Bobby Knight stuff, would I want to be managed that way? No. Would, would you manage a team of web developers that way? Probably not. I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. But one of the things that was so interesting that came out of Bobby Knight is that Mike Krzyzewski, who is the winningest coach of all time, Bobby Knight is the second, was a basketball player on his team at West Point who he coached. And then Mike Krzyzewski, a generation later, modified took all his of approach. those, modified his approach. And Coach Krzyzewski also gets mad, but he has much more uh, a, a calm demeanor and different sort of things. So he probably has some practices uh, offline and away from the scenes out of the public eye that are um, ways that he channels th- that anger. And it could just be as simple as um, uh, waiting to throw chairs until you're in the locker room alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, and actually this, okay, final basketball story. But so uh, <laughs> one of my friends um, used to play with Frank Martin, who's an enormous basketball coach. He's, I don't know how big he is, but he's a big guy. Um, he's probably like six foot eight or something like that. He's one of those guys. He coached for Kansas state for a long time. I think he's still the coach of South Carolina. Anyways, I got to sit on one of his practices and he is this guy who always has a scowl, always like one of those coaches that everybody thinks is like the meanest guy. He is the nicest guy in the history of the world. He's so nice. He's so kind. He's kind to his players, but in practice, when they screw up or in a game or whatever it is, and he's yelling and doing different things, that is when he's in his element. And when we watched this practice, they were not practicing correctly and he had to yell at them for something. And you could ask me the story offline, but, <laughs> but it's the idea that to get to elicit the type of response that he needed from them, he knows when he needs to push his boundaries. And again, not saying that that is, this is just a way to look at emotions that if you're controlling them and using them in the right way, that you're going to have a lot better results. Yeah. And don't be afraid to explore that full spectrum. And um, so yeah, explore anger a little bit and see where people critique you or where it's helpful, where it's not helpful. And in the military, there's a process called the after action review that it's a little process you engage in after you do a uh, type of training or anything like that. And that process is a great way to figure out where everyone is at in the emotional mastery realm. Um, part of that process is, um, I don't know if it's changed, but basically like the the three good things, the three bad things. And I don't think the after like, action review has changed in a hundred years. <laughs> I, but you basically are get a chance to uh, leave rank aside and bring up um, things that need to be said, basically. So it's uh, an ego dissolving experience where you're forced to come face to face with what you did wrong in the presence of a group. And that's a that's a great practice you can employ with your team or um, even just yourself at the end of the day, just reflecting on what you did that day, how you handled a certain situation, how you might handle it a little bit better in the future or, yeah. I love it. Okay, so next episode, we're going to be talking about how to build emotional intelligence and we're going to expand on a few of these topics. See you next time.
Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.